0: Okay, so on today's episode, I wanted to go and share some of my personal experiences that I've had and a healing journey that actually happened last week. And um, I will start by saying that there's a reason that we teach and practice the eight week cycle. And that's what we do, and that's what our clients do. And the original reason. That I started doing this, guys, was not what I thought it was, right? I just It just made sense to me to run the retreats on an eight-week cycle and take a week of vacation every eighth week. Mm. Little did I know that this would create an opening for transformational experiences and actually catapult my business much, much, much faster than I ever imagined because of the eighth week. So first of all, if you don't know what uh, the eight-week cycle is, We run our business so that uh, we do a seven-day transformational retreat for our clients uh, once in that eight-week cycle. Then we onboard them after, and then we shut down the company for full nine to 10 days, right? We start with a Friday, and then we go all the way till Sunday or till Monday morning. We shut down the company, uh, you know, 99% of our staff members are on vacation. We have one person check on just like really crucial things like uh, a billing or whatever, just making sure that we're getting paid when we're supposed to be getting paid or whatever. Just like a couple minutes here and there and all systems are going, everybody has access to whatever they have to have access to and our client base. And that's it. Right. And I am... This is one of the most important things in our business and what's allowed me to keep growing our business. I will tell you that there were times in my business, um, not that long ago, where if I didn't take the eighth week off, I would be very close to shutting down the business because I was running into a wall of my own b- mindset blocks that I wasn't able to break through just by working harder, right? Right? And that's why I love this model. We're probably going to extend the off time period to make it even larger, bigger, more frequent. I'm considering getting on a four-day work week instead of the five-day work week and and, and a number of other things that will allow for us as a company to have more life, more spiritual transformation, more more time with our family and our friends, right? But anyway... um, When I think about mindset, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you could be doing. There are so many modalities. There's the NLB and there's the IFS and there's, you know, all the just mountain and so many really, really, really great things. But I just had this discussion with my clients this morning and I asked them, share with me The most transformative experience that you've had in your life that led to who you are today had the most positive impact on you. And most of these experiences, most of the answers were really difficult times in their life. And I want you, as you're listening to this, reflect on your own experiences and your own transformational journey, right? Right? And for a lot of people, it was a near death experience, or it was a death of death of a loved one, or like a really, a really difficult divorce, um, or really hardcore spiritual healing that they had to go through. But that as go as they were going through the dark, they ended up having to let go of a lot of really difficult stuff and ended up much happier. And a better human being on the other side of it. So I could be talking to you about the million, you know, self-care tools and, and I will tell you self-care is nice and good and all, and but but it's not it. <laughs> you know, it's it's necessary, it's essential, but it is not what is going to get you to this state of joy and freedom and total fulfillment on your purpose right? It's the hard work. It's the really difficult, sometimes grueling spiritual work that is going to get you there. And that's exactly what the last week was for me. So I'm going to sound really, really weird right now. And you know, a lot of people may go like, whoa, she's going crazy. She's telling us to do drugs. I did four, actually three, back-to-back ayahuasca ceremonies. If you don't know what it is, it's a it's a psychedelic medicine that is used in is, is used for thousands and thousands of years in in the by the indigenous tribes in the jungles and yada yada. And I did um, three breathwork ceremonies and three ayahuasca ceremonies back to back. The three of them it was supposed to be four, but I wasn't able to do the fourth one. Anyway, I did three back to back with. Very little sleep. Almost none, actually. And when people think of ayahuasca, unfortunately, unfortunately, because it has become so mainstream, a lot of people want to get their connection to universe and God and da-da-da, and that's all great. And some people want to get the fun psychedelic experiences and have the visions and whatever and have the fun. That's all great, too. But... I think there is a much bigger purpose for ayahuasca, and that is doing some really deep excavation, almost shadow work through the medicine. And that's what we did. So I checked into a place called Rhythmia in Costa Rica, which I would not recommend you go anywhere else. I recommend you pick this center. Actually, there's probably some really amazing other centers, but I can tell you this one is absolutely, absolutely um, really amazing. I've done ayahuasca somewhere else and did not quite get, probably not even 20% of what I got, arrhythmia. And that is because of the structure that provide that have to do a lot with intention setting. So I will share with you kind of what happened there. Um, we checked in. It's, it's, it's a retreat, super, super amazing uh, resort type of situation. You get all the massages, the colonic cleanses, the uh, organic food and amazing, you know, dining all included and, you know, mud baths and this and that and hot and cold therapy and, and whatever. Like all that is there and like classes going on that support you on the journey. Every single day, there's yoga. Every single day at seven, and then there is uh, meditation classes and spiritual development classes and uh, integration classes and 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 dance. Uh, you know, kind of liberation dance type of thing. Just lots of fun stuff. But the mo the biggest, the most important thing was the intention setting and developing your relationship or my relationship with uh, Mother ayahuasca and partnering on the healing journey, which took me honestly. I didn't i I wasn't fully um surrendering to the experience and using it to the best of my benefit until the ceremony three. It took me that long. And last center I did ayahuasca ceremony in. That wasn't even a part of it, and I literally had no understanding how the plant medicine actually works, and it, was, it wasn't making sense to me. Once I realized how it actually works, it just started making all the difference because I actually partnered with the medicine on my shadow work and my healing. And I became really grateful for all the grueling emotions that I was working through and actually releasing, right? So the thing about ayahuasca is that you're going to experience a lot of really, really difficult situations and emotions. Um, and what, what they will tell you is that what's coming is going. So it's coming through you in order to leave you. So you might experience the absolutely most horrendous, horrific things, but they were in your subconscious the whole time and, and silently running the show anyway. So the repressed stuff is You know, you might think it's repressed (laughs) well enough, but it's actually not, right? It's the invisible strings that are running the show anyway, however much you repress it. So we begin with intention setting. And there's three intentions that we all took on as a group. And the first intention was show me who I've become. And I kind of didn't understand at first. Like, show me my bad side or my dark side, or what is this about? Like, I'm not all bad, right? Like, show me a b- become. And that was the first intention. The second intention was merge me with my soul at all cost. And the third intention was heal my heart. In that order, we were working through the you know um, digging up the dark side, basically. Then releasing it and merging with our soul and then healing the heart so i will share with you and your experience of course is going to be a thousand times different it's going to have nothing to do with my experience but i will share with you kind of how my first ceremony went i'm not big on drugs of any type and of course, ayahuasca is not even a comparable. like it's not addictive. it's not a drug, and it's not a recreational thing because it's actually really difficult. But um I do not enjoy the experience of mind altering of any kind because I really don't like uh, losing control of my mind. It's not pleasant. And so I drank the ayahuasca and, the same thing that always happens no matter what I do, be it smoking weed, which I really don't enjoy, or doing anything else, that I've tried in the past, it's always the same experience, which I it's absolutely unpleasant. It is a mix of confusion and paranoia and um just racing mind and and trying to hold like track the thoughts that are happening and just total confusion, right? And that's where the first ceremony took me was a lot of confusion, and trying to hold on to thoughts, make sense of thoughts, and just being so lost in the overwhelm of nonsensical uh, thinking that was going on. Now, what we were told, and I can see the truth of it, is that we all incarnate whole, and um, Not, you know, all enlightened and at a high level of consciousness, not like that, but merged with our soul, merged with our higher self. But at some point we go through a split. And what happens in that split is basically something happened, a traumatic event happened. It doesn't have to be traumatic. It can be, you know, not paying attention to you for 10 minutes and you're really trying to get their attention and you make up a story about it and you split from your soul. Because all of a sudden it appears it's not safe to be this whole and complete way of, you know, there's some other way. There must be some other way to get love from a parent, but it's not being happy, right? So that's when the split happens. Now, what I saw as I got really confused... About everything, and I was in that state for hours, and it was very frustrating. I'm like, "Oh my god!" And then I realized that was actually the healing that was being brought up. I'm like, "Oh, that's actually ayahuasca working on me." Like, I wonder if this is like this is supposed to tell me something about myself—the state of confusion and trying to make sense of the experience, and just totally lost in the thoughts, right? And all of a sudden, I was taken to um, thirty-three years ago. I was I was a little girl. I was about four years old. She tells you my age, but <laughs> yeah, I'm 37 years old right now. Um I was about four years old and I I got spanked for something and I had no idea what for. And I was really confused and at a state of despair where I was punished for something. But I didn't know what is it that I did wrong. And I did not know how to fix it. I did not know how to be a better child, right? I just, all I wanted was for my mom to love me. And she was mad at me and I didn't know why. It just didn't make sense to me what I did wrong, right? I was just being me. And I saw the moment, that was the moment where I split for my soul, And I was very confused and I stayed in a confused place and basically never recovered. I constructed my way of being as searching for the right way to be, the right things to say or do, so that I would be accepted by the world, that I would get other people's approval and my own approval, really. So I got into the modus operandi of making sense of the right and wrong, good or bad, trying to figure out um, how to be, how to act in the world. And I ended up for the next 33 years on a loop of sense-making, trying to get unconfused, and figuring out how to be, how to act. And that just became a way of being in the world. That way being in the world, by the way, calibrates at about 180 on the scale of consciousness. There's not a lot of self-trust in it. You can still be confident and operate this level, but this is the underlying motivational strain that is kind of pulling everything else, that is the domino of the dominoes, was was this energy that was within me, that was always confused, and trying to figure out the way to be, right, so eventually, like once I saw that, I started, okay, well, I, I want to get myself out of this confusion. I'm going to heal it. The problem with that was that I was trying to figure out way my way out of the confused state, which as you can imagine, I kept getting stuck in the loop, but the medicine was giving me sense of what I've been trying to do all along because by trying to figure out my, my way out of the confused state on the medicine was just making it worse right and then i would go and decide well i'm just going to not think <laughs> and hope that that i stop feeling this and that wasn't helping either right but eventually i just surrendered to the experience and started forgiving and accepting this confused part that has been a part of me that i just that was basically the biggest biggest blind spot that i wasn't able to see and Eventually, I was able to, well, I didn't release it. The medicine really released this out of my body, eventually left me. And the ceremonies after, I never went back to that confused state. And then there were more things to heal that I did. There was a lot of other releasing that went on, and maybe I will continue sharing with you guys on on the upcoming podcast episodes once in a while, what were some of the other things? There was a lot of other trauma that I released and basically a lot of suppressed and repressed parts of me that basically wound up in a graveyard of things that I didn't like about myself. And, you know, there was very little self-love. A lot of people think they're self-loving, once, but once they see this and the medicine has them see just how self-critical they are, it's its very, very life-transforming. And just, you know, a lot of people really think that they're self-loving, but then they don't like their neighbor, or they get triggered by their clients, or they get triggered by their boss, or or they don't like the house that they live in, or they don't like the country they live in, or they don't like such and such politician. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you don't like what's on the outside and you think you're self-loving, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. Everything you see on the outside is a projection. It's a hundred percent projection. Okay? It's a projection of a part that often you cannot see because it's so deeply repressed. And it is not until you do the deep excavation work that is scary as hell. Literally as hell. I had some experiences of like. Oh, I cannot begin to describe the agony that I experienced. But it is not until you cleared it out, you see the projection that you were putting onto the world. Like, for example, a week ago, I was arachnophobic, couldn't have a spider in the room. They would all, I would request that somebody kill that spider if I saw a spider. Now I don't care. I don't know what happened. There was some of the subconscious healing that went on without me actually knowing. But I noticed, hey, I don't hate spiders anymore. I was also in a town where I don't have any friends that I don't enjoy being at. I was thinking of moving. And I come um, come back from Master Costa Rica. I'm like, wow, it's so beautiful. All of it was a projection. I didn't like the house it seemed that, that I'm in. It seemed too dark or whatever. And I come back I'm like, wow, it's actually absolutely beautiful. Because it was reflecting some dark parts of me. And I don't know. It's, it's hard to exactly match this to that. Like, what was I projecting? Because some of the healing on the ceremonies become actually without you knowing. There's so much that goes on that you don't actually even know. But um, but it is so incredibly powerful. I will tell you that of all the things that I've done, and I have done a lot of retreats, i work with a lot of people, tried different modalities. And this is by far the most powerful thing i've done even in the in the plant medicine world it it also depends of it really does matter the intention setting and the environment that you're in and making sure that you're actually clear of all the outside world and you're not on your phone and texting people or worrying about work or any of that some of the work that i did getting there was literally like setting a bunch of worries and concerns aside so that i would have the space to do this inner work anyhow some of the results that i got out of there <laughs> i don't know yet because i got back 2 days ago quite frankly and i'm still in in the world of like of having realization after another after another after another okay i will tell you that um night 3 of the ceremony it was it was a girls night it was uh led by a female shaman and it was Absolutely beautiful. We're dealing. There was a lot of dancing and embracing the divine feminine, which was a lot of fun. There was also a lot of hard work that went on that night, of course, as any night. But at the end of night three, after I, I released, I did some more emotional release of past depressions. Which, by the way, like another side note, I am no longer afraid of depression or apathy because I completely released it out of my out of my energetic body. It was just beautiful. It's not there. Anyway, so I don't run the risk of going back to a depression in the future, which is crazy to say. But <laughs> but for those of you guys who have been following me for a while, you know that when I got pregnant, I went through a very, very deep and scary depression where I wasn't able to get any clients and I was living in a state of apathy and, and just very, very dark times when Brian left, right? And I was able to clear that. But after that, I actually did merge with my soul, and it didn't look like fire uh, fireworks and this awesome thing that you think it is. It was literally just like me noticing that I had, I knew I had answers to everything that I needed to, and everything was completely clear. And I felt at home. That is the only way that I can describe is feeling home, like I've come back to myself. I have become me again. And I was just like, Oh yeah, like this feels really good. This is me. This is me without being confused and trying to figure anything out and me and all the self judgment, you know, is this going to last forever? No, no, I still have ego. I still get triggered. I got triggered about five times yesterday. You know, none of those things went away, except you are observing and you're being present to it. And I know that I'm going to spend the rest of my life Fighting for staying in self, staying merged with my soul, and being present to, present in the moment, and present to what's going on. So that was my experience. I also did heal my heart, but that's a whole, other, whole another episode. And there's more healing to do. Um, you know, uh, send me an email if this is intriguing to you. Want to do the same thing, and you want to contact information, or you have any questions like. I got like one of the purposes of my life, like, you know, I want everybody in the world to do this and everybody to experience what merging with your soul looks like. And if I can any shape or form assist you with doing that, I will absolutely do that. I will absolutely do so. I'm actually thinking about how can I integrate that, uh, that level of shadow work into my healing program because I'm convinced there's so many people confused about what they should be doing, how they should be serving people and getting in Merger with your higher self, just you have all the answers. It is just very difficult to access uh, your higher self until you do the deep shadow work on the things that hold you from accessing. Because you know, you heal that split, you get the access. That's how it works, right? So Anyway, thank you guys for listening to this. I'm so thankful to just have all our listeners and have the opportunity to share all this stuff, right? Like this allows me to to fulfill my divine purpose. So I invite you to, you know, uh, get in touch with me and uh, I'm not too much on my email. Um, I am in whatever Facebook groups we're on running the you know, running our next retreat or whatever you have. So our next retreat is actually happening next week. It's the scale retreat. It's a two and a half day event we're going to work with folks who already have established business and going from six to seven figures. That's our free retreat. I'm going to pop the link below uh, for those of you guys who are there, for those of you guys who are not, we're doing a third retreat in July, but pop into the group and send me a message, send me a DM and say, Hey, I listened to your podcast. I'm curious about your experience, you know, uh, i have whatever questions you have this is i just i'm i'm happy to answer whatever you want and i might be going live actually in our groups tomorrow to share more and um you know along the lines of what i just shared and um, i'll be open to any questions that you guys have about it because i really truly believe that that deep shadow work is the answer to to this so um thank you for being being a listener of this really really super thankful for you and i cannot wait to See you in our grips.